God's word is the absolute standard of truth to which we stand on, to which we live by, and it gives us clarity on how to live a life of righteousness. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. back baby another episode 39 of life after addiction hey welcome the life audio and salem media friends hopefully you liked the first episode that you heard and you maybe checked out some other ones but welcome back we are excited to be here today we're going to be talking about something that might step on some toes might step on them toes but we're going to talk about training and righteousness right training and righteousness uh and what that looks like and yeah, it's never easy to talk about, um, I would say, training in righteousness because you have to point out unrighteousness, yes, uh, laziness. Um, you have to point out uh, maybe some things that people don't want to look at, and yeah. that's what we're going to do. It's yeah. life after addiction. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about it? Lustful, passionate, you know, desires um, that we're all plagued with, sin, and numerous areas that we're plagued with. Um, and addressing it. And we know that it's not our righteousness, but it's Christ's righteousness imputed to us. Uh, but applying these biblical principles and virtues and discussing these scriptures, you know, uh, we'll learn what it means to train in righteousness and why it is so important for us as Christians um, to train in that righteousness. Yeah. And so if you're watching on YouTube, you're going to see our own ads. Uh, if you're listening, I'm going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. All right, we're back. <laughs> if you if you if you watched on the if you watched on the YouTube channel, you'll see uh, a very cheesy ad for our alumni, which was amazing. I <laughs> I forgot we were playing that so just now. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was awesome. It's talking about our alumni retreat, and so right. we are looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, let's dive in. I want we want to obviously when we're talking about training in righteousness or anything to do with life and after addiction or the world we want to root it in god's word and in scripture so if you're tuning in you're going to hear us talk in every episode there's going to be scripture and so if you don't like scripture you're probably at the wrong show anyway so as we start off talking about training and righteousness let me talk about uh second timothy and then uh you add to that so second timothy chapter 3 verse 16 and 17 says this all scripture is god breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking correcting, and here it is, and training in righteousness, 
so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Take it away. Yeah, so for me, we see in these verses the divine authority and origin of Scripture itself, yeah. right? Scripture comes directly from God, God and therefore trains us in the ways of righteousness. Yeah, we literally, literally, literally could stop the podcast now and say, have a nice day. Thank you. Yeah, and we talk about this a lot, you know, but, but God's Word is our objective truth as Christians, right? It's not how I feel about something. It's not what I think about something. What does God's word say about such and such about our sin, about who I am in Christ, about freedom, about my identity? God's word is our ultimate authority. So by allowing that to lead our lives and that being our ultimate truth is essential um, for what we're going to discuss today. Um, yeah, and, and let me add to that because we're we're still on. And uh, gosh, that's such a good point. It's an unpopular point uh, based on life today and people yeah. today because everyone's truth is my truth, and then everyone's thoughts. You can't. No one's allowed to say that my thoughts and what I believe is wrong. Well, man, that's just a chaos world. Yeah, and God's word is clear. And I mean, in studying religion and things like that, it, it, there's no standard of truth. If there's no standard of truth, then there's no. Then there's just chaos. For example, if I ask any other faith, well, why do you think this? They're going to talk about a feeling or an experience that they felt of the Holy Spirit. Like, and then specifically, well, well, I mean, yeah, specifically there's uh, like Mormons, Latter-day Saints. They're, they're going to talk about the burning in their bosom, the feeling that they had with the Holy Spirit, the feeling, the feeling. And then if you want to talk with the, the Muslim, they're going to have deeply the same convictions of feelings that they have towards their faith. And, and what we're saying is, no, forget your feelings. Yeah. The standard of truth is God's word. And for example, he says this in Matthew. I'm sorry. Well, here we go. I should have had it pulled up. But it says this in Proverbs. I'm sorry. A person may think their own ways are right, but the Lord weighs the heart. Mm -hmm. Right. And so in my head, I can convince myself and justify that what I'm doing and my feelings and all this is right. But God weighs the heart. That's a terrifying scripture. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, when God weighs the heart, he also sees your thoughts. And, I mean, you might think that what you're doing is right. You might think that you could justify it because I feel that this is true. But what we're saying today, when it comes to training in righteousness through the word of the examples that we just gave, your feelings mean nothing, right? Facts don't care about feelings, I've heard today. And I don't know that that's where we want to go with it. But God's word is the absolute standard of truth to which we stand on, to which we live by. And it gives us clarity on how to live a life of righteousness. Yeah. Yeah. Another proverb I like is 15, 31 through 33. And it says the ear that listens to life giving reproof will dwell among the wise. Whoever ignores instruction despises himself. But he who listens to reproof gains intelligent Mm. intelligence. The fear of the Lord is instruction and wisdom and humility comes before honor. Um, yeah, that's something I want to point out is that humility, you know, humility comes before honor, humbling ourselves before God, the father. Yeah. There are many times in my life where God is correcting and reproving and rebuking certain things that man, my flesh desperately desires to do the opposite. And you can play back one of our episodes, flesh versus spirit, where Paul distinguishes, you know, there's two laws written within me. One desires to please God yeah. and the other has its own lustful, passionate desires. And that's why training in righteousness is so important, because the flesh inside of me desires to do 
things that are opposed to the spirit of God at work in my life and humbling myself before the Lord, receiving wise counsel, receiving reproof, receiving the convictions that he he puts on my heart um, and responding to those is very important. And it's not only even just with God himself, but even the people God places in our lives. I know I can be a stubborn, hard headed mule. There's been many times in my life and still sometimes to this day where my pride gets in the way. And we've talked about it in the past where. I don't always receive things from certain individuals who I don't deem should be speaking into my life, whether it's you're not wise enough, you don't walk the walk, you don't do this, you don't do that. But that pride will absolutely plague me going forward. Um, I've got to be humble enough to know that, man, if I believe God's put this person in my life or if I'm reading his word and God's word says this, I have to know that that's truth. And I have to live by that and walk according to those to those ways. But yeah, that posture of humility allows us to not only respond to convictions, but man confesses that he is Lord. He knows what's best. He knows what I need and he knows in which way I'm going to get there. Yeah, that's really good, man. Carl, producer Carl, what do you think? Yeah. um, I've been, I've been going through some stuff lately in my own personal walk in regards to being trained in righteousness. And um, you guys have both played huge roles in helping me because you, you, you submit to me the word of God. You submit to me what God says about the situation. And pride's been a big thing in my life too. And recently, man, one of the things that I've noticed um, God's helping me being trained up in um, is, is selfishness and dying to myself. The word of God speaks, right? And so when he says, love one another just as I have loved you, I've noticed in my own walk that I can get so caught up in, God, how do I get to the plans that you've prepared for me? How do I get to where you're taking me? And and without the word of God constantly speaking truth louder than my own thoughts or my feelings, I'm trapped in this hamster wheel. But because the word of God is breathed by him, and we have each other to lean on. We're able to be, become trained in those areas that we struggle in, you know? Yeah. 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 And I, <clears throat> I think back and, and man, I have my father, we're a couple of weeks removed now from Father's Day, but it just has had me pondering. Uh, I met, m- met my family, my dad and my mom uh, with, with our kids. And just it just reminded me that throughout my life, my dad has just been a beacon of righteousness. Mm. And it annoyed me. And I didn't like it. It was a lot of correction, but it was also a lot of like, dad, you're like, you're driving back because you think you dropped something just to, I mean, it just, just, just a beacon of righteousness, like doing what is right. And it reminds me today as I'm fathering my children, especially my son now, as he's getting a little older, I could see him annoyed with correction. Right. She's like, and I just want to explain to him, Hey, seven year old, <laughs> I'm 40. And I don't enjoy having these conversations with you. That's not fun to have these conversations with you, correcting you, but I do it because I love you and I only want what's best for you. I only want you to grow to be a godly man and not have harm to your life and, and avoid the dangers and risk and things that I went through. And so I think of, <clears throat> I think of that and how does that roll into what we're saying today? Because we're talking to us, not coaching just you. We need to hear these things too, because Training in righteousness is means that you're trimming away unrighteousness and no one wants to look at or admit that they have that in their lives, right? That's what drugs did. We numb that feeling. That's what uh, putting a mask on and being fake. It's hiding from those things of, of who you are. 
like what we're saying is no train in righteousness and break off those things sanctification tear away those things of unrighteousness and that's going to feel bad that's yeah. going to hurt sanctification isn't always fun most of the time it's probably not right as you're growing as the as you're burning away the straws and the example of purifying silver you heat it up really hot and all the impurities and stuff comes to the top and you skim that away uh so that burning process is going to hurt and man but but it's almost like God saying, okay, little 40-year-old Adam, <laughs> I'm teaching you these things. I've given you my word because my word is good for teaching and rebuking and correcting and also training in righteousness so that you could be fully equipped for every good work, right? And so I need to take note of my seven-year-old and, and look at God and be like, okay, God, you're eternal. I'm 40. I get it. You know better. You've created me. You're teaching me. You're telling me these things because you want what's best for me. Now I need to act on it. And I mean, I would just say, um, practically speaking, I would just say there is a process in training in righteousness uh, that you really do, and, it, it, and not to be legalistic, not to be any of those things, but there is a discipline. Yeah. And for us not to say that because we don't want to be labeled as legalistic or Pharisee, you're a Pharisee. No, there's a discipline in training in righteousness. Yes, the Holy Spirit comes in, completely changes the heart. Our DNA is changed. We're no longer addicts or alcoholics. But there's a discipline in training in righteousness. I used to do things that were unrighteous yeah. all the time, and it was a part of life. Even lying. Here's a quick one for guys just, just coming out of addiction. Um, this is going to be good, and I want to talk about this example uh, in just a second. But we've got to take a quick break, uh, and here's a word from our sponsors. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. All right, and we're back. <laughs> I want to get to this example, this example of lying uh, and how you train in righteousness. Now, here's what I did. I was a liar, man. It, I would lie when it was easier to tell the truth just because that's who I had become, man. I had to keep up with so many different stories, and I never. I, it was just I, it was easier for me to lie. I was a liar in my addiction. And I remember the training in righteousness in that was it's when God saved me and redeemed me and said that I'm made new and that I'm a saint, not a sinner anymore, and I'm not an addict or alcoholic, but I'm his, man, I still dealt with things that I did when the old man was alive. Even though he's been crucified with Christ, I had to continuously die to myself daily, and a part of that was lying. I would catch myself in conversation trying to one-up people. We'd be up there, and I'd, I could be a chameleon, and, and let's say they were talking about cars. They were they were hot rod guys or whatever are just, you know, gearheads or whatever. I know nothing about cars. I mean, I know how to drive them. 
pretty good driver, I'd say. I like trucks, but I'm not a gearhead. And so I could go in there and I would just start talking about things like I knew what I was talking about. I was like, yeah, that time I drove a Ferrari, da, 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 da. And then I would go downstairs. This was while I was living at our facility, the lodge. And just, I mean, maybe a few weeks or months into like having this taste of freedom, I found myself and I felt the conviction of spirit, right? That's what, how you know you're a believer. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. I felt that conviction of, of the spirit of being a liar. And man, it could have just been perceived as guys joking around. But no, I was like, Adam, you just lied. So my action point, my discipline for me, I went back upstairs to that group and just said, hey, guys, I don't know why. Maybe it was because I wanted you to like me. Maybe it's because I was just so used to it. But I li- I've never driven a Ferrari. I've never test driven a Ferrari. I don't know that I've ever seen a Ferrari in real life. And just confessed, repented to God, and turned from it. And I'll tell you what, that discipline... Going up and looking like an idiot to a group of guys that you just lied to, that don't happen very many times. Yeah. So you'll catch, you'll guard your tongue, right? And that's what I mean by practical. I'm not saying pharmaceutical, legalistic, but there is a discipline to doing things so you no longer walk and live in unrighteousness, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's good. I'm always about the practical solutions and ways in which we can apply the things that we learn and that we read. And and for me, it's kind of like you just said, you know, in all three of the synoptic gospels, you see um, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. And Luke will use that word daily. And that looks different for everybody. I believe there's certain things that are similar within that. But for me personally, you know, if I'm going to train in righteousness, I'm also going to have to be aware of my pitfalls, of my blind spots, of things in which I am unrighteous so that I can acknowledge those and I can address them. Like one for me would be pride. We've kind of discussed it and my failure to receive wise counsel and instruction and guidance. And I would like to believe that that only happens with certain individuals in my life. Well, if I'm rejecting men, I know God's put in my life, their wisdom and counsel. I know there's certain things that God's trying to show me that I'm rejecting as well. Um, another thing uh, would be, I would say, unforgiveness, you know, or mm. judging other people. I know I can do that internally. I may not do that externally and audibly, but I know in my heart I can be very judgmental and critical of others. You know, um, I've been in Matthew seven lately and it talks about, you know, why do you point out the speck in a brother's eye when you have a log in your own? Um, that's a way in which I am unrighteous, right? And I justify it. I reason with it. Um, but if I can acknowledge those ways in which I need to deny myself, I need to become less prideful. I need to ask the Lord to take that from me. I need to repent. I need to turn from it. I need to ask the Lord to help me in my, uh, being so, uh, judgmental of others. I need to repent. I need to turn from it. I need to ask the Lord to take it from me. Those are ways in which I can train in righteousness because how I'm acting and behaving runs contrary to how God asks me to behave and not ask me, but commands that I behave. And so recognizing those ways in which, okay, what are some ways that I need to deny myself, pick up my cross and follow him? And if you ask yourself that question, God will give you some answers. A lot of times you already know what they are, but man, my pride will cause me to not, man, nah, that ain't that bad. It's not that bad of a sin, man. That doesn't affect me that much, man. That doesn't plague me too much. And that's what the enemy wants you to feel is to, you know, be blind to those and act like they're not really um, hurting your walk with the Lord. Yeah. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Mm. <clears throat> Scary Another prayer. Complimentary yes. verse in, in Psalms from the one in Proverbs we just read that says, God knows your thoughts, basically. Mm. Right? He knows your heart. He sees your heart, not just your motives that you think are right. Yeah, and, and I think you hit a, a, a very good point. And I want to elaborate on that because you said blind spots. And then you said that you don't allow people to speak. You know, that was the sin mm-hmm. that you struggled with or whatever. Yep. That's, that's everyone. Yeah. 
And so if you truly want to train in righteousness, if you truly want to grow in righteousness, <clears throat> there's going to be someone in your life. doesn't have to be a bunch of people, but someone that you allow yeah. to speak into your life. <clears throat> men with men, women with women. women. Again, that's our opinion. Uh, I think it's probably a dangerous slope if you start getting really intimate with the opposite sex. Uh, so men with men, women with women. Um, and here's why, because in the video you'll see, <clears throat> I'm looking at Ryan and if I ask Ryan, Hey, tell me, tell me how many, whatever is on that wall behind him without turning around and looking, he's going to say, I don't know. And I'm going to say, well, why? And he's going to say, I can't see them. They're in my blind spot. Okay. Well, I'm your brother in Christ. I love you, man. I could see everything behind you. Let me tell you, right above your head, you have this. Right here, you have this. And so that's what a brother or sister in Christ is for. They can see your blind spots. He could see mine. Like, I know that there's a painting behind me that has <clears throat> lions, but I don't know how many unless I turn around and count them, but he can count them for me and tell me. Yeah. Silly example, but that's you've got to be willing to allow someone into your life that, sh that if they tell you your blind spot, you don't bite their head off. Or if you do and you respond terribly, you would really quickly go and repent and say, hey, man, I'm sorry. I've asked you to do this in my life. I've asked you to be my blind spot checker, and I shouldn't have bit your head off. Whether I agree with you or not that I was doing this or doing that, I need you in my life telling me this. So thank you, and please forgive me for barking at you. But get to a place that you're not barking, that you're wanting. You're wanting this in your life, that you're wanting to grow and train in righteousness. And that's a part of it because if you don't, so easily recap, so easily to go back and just be like, man, I justify this, I justify this, mm -hmm. I have a feeling about this, da, da 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 Next thing you know, you have a bunch of little cubs of sin, little baby cubs that have now grown up to be lions seeking to devour you. Because your sin only does one thing. It seeks to kill, still, and destroy. The wages of sin is death. But the, the gift of God is mm -hmm. eternal life. So you play with sin. And you don't get, you don't start training in righteousness. Know that your sin is training, and know that one thing that you thought you can control at one point that was a little baby cub lion has grown into a flesh-eating mm. wages of sin being death. Get it now, man. Train in righteousness, and don't. And, and it's not holier than now. It's conviction of your own. And I, I, again, I hated it growing up, but I look back now, and I'm just so thankful that my father was that. Mm -hmm. He was just, he was just a righteous man. Mm. Um, and it, sometimes it seems nerdy. Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing that? Well, the next person here is, they're going to have to do it if I don't do it. So I'm just going to go clean this up. But dad, we didn't make that mess. Yeah, just Boy Scout, I guess. I just want to leave it cleaner than I found it. You know, that kind of thing. And that's not spiritual, but that's, that's righteous, man. Amen. And that's effort. That means that I'm focused on doing this because I want to make it better for the next person. I know, again, silly example, but that's the kind of thing that we're talking about. From the rooms of recovery comes a revival of a nation. Not with a bunch of unrighteous dudes and dudettes walking around. Yeah. No, that's good. You brought up the example with your dad because that's that goes perfectly into my next scripture. Hebrews 12, I want to say 7 through 11, discusses, you know, the discipline of our earthly fathers and how yeah. beneficial it is for us. Like you're saying when you're fathering your son. Son, I have years of experience on you. I have been through the, the, the roads that you're going down. I have done the things you're doing. I have thought the way you have thought. Um, and, and God disciplines us in that same manner. And Hebrews twelve eleven says, for the moment of all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. 
as a loving father, the Lord always disciplines his children mm. for good. And that produces in us, right, endurance. It instructs us in righteousness. And it also calls us to respond in submission to him as Lord. When God is disciplining me, it's because he knows what's best. He knows my flaws. He knows my insecurities. He knows my blind spots. He knows that I would choose things other than him oftentimes if it was up to my flesh, you know. Um, and so when he's disciplining me, yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable. Like you said, the process of sanctification, it's not always just daffodils, dandelions, and butterflies. I tell Carl all the time, if, if reaping fruit or bearing fruit was easy, everybody do it, yeah. right? There comes some real grinding things out. There comes some real um, addressing certain things within your own walk that, man, that are hard to address. Uh, but, yeah, the discipline of the Lord, for me, I always try to remind myself whenever I'm experiencing that or I'm experiencing conviction, man, praise, praise God because I'm on the right side, right? Because I know him, because he loves me, that he's correcting me. He's taking the time to correct and instruct and guide me individually as a person because he knows me by name. Um, and that's a beautiful thing, man, the discipline of the Lord. It may not always feel pleasant, man, but it is absolutely for our good. Yeah. Yeah. Producer Carl. And that. Yeah. Um, it's funny, you know, how, how God affirms things. And that, that Hebrews 12 has been something that's been on my heart this whole weekend. I was talking with some of the guys, and it's like, mm-hmm. man, hallelujah that I'm going through discipline. If I wasn't going through discipline, I would be an illegitimate mm-hmm. son. But I'm not an illegitimate son. And I've got a good friend that I was just talking with recently, and uh, they're saying that God reveals things to heal them. You know, He reveals to heal. It's not like He reveals these things so He can be like, ha, 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 ha. It's like, no, I'm a loving father and I'm revealing these things to you because I love you and I'm healing these things. In fact, I promised to because I'm Jehovah Rapha. I'm the Lord, your healer. Here's the Holy Spirit to help you in that process. You know, it's just powerful, man. Yeah, that's good. Illegitimate sons. I like that because that's what it says in those verses. Yeah. And so here, I want to close it out with this. What's practical? How do I do this? I want to chase it. We've given a bunch of practical things, but I want to narrow it down. I want to do this. I want to do this, but I just, I don't know. I don't know. And I mean, I, the, the the passage is in Matthew six and it's kind of, the, the context is, is about worry and Jesus is approached about, um, people worrying and things like that. And he says this <clears throat> in verse 31, it says, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we, what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear for the pagans run after all these things? And your heavenly father knows that you need them. And here's the hammer, the hammer point in 633. Here's how. Here's the practical. It says this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Pause. I want to keep reading because it's so amazing, but pause. I want to know how to do this. I want to know how to do this. This is, I mean, I know that righteousness and training and righteousness is what I need to do as a believer. I just, I'm so drawn to my old dead self, my, my flesh. I don't want to. Okay, well, here's the practical. Seek first. His kingdom and righteousness. Well, how do I do that? You wake up and everything that you do is to bring God glory. Mm, Amen. Seek him first. Be in his word. Turn off Instagram, Netflix, Facebook, whatever they are, Twitter. First, seek him. Seek him. Well, why? Because here's what it says. Seek first his kingdom and righteousness and all these things will be given to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. If you seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, there's no need to worry. 
you'll grow in sanctification. You'll, you'll not have the stresses of what tomorrow brings. And that's really what it is. That's the preventers of growing and training. It's worry about what people think, about my time, about my money, about my relationships. I'm going to worry. I'm going to control. I'm going to do this. No, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added on to you. You want to be righteous? Seek the most righteous, mm. the most high. Mm. You want to know what it's like to be kingdom-minded? Seek his kingdom first. Be around people that are like-minded, right? And I'm not saying just only have Christian friends, but hey, you're trying to grow in sanctification and be a godly man. You need to be around other strong believers. Fellowship is one of our principles, one of our four pillars that we teach here. Be in good fellowship and seek first, man. If there's no one around and you're on an island, seek first, right? If you've got a phone, you're, that's how you're probably listening to this podcast. Anyways, there's 50 billion Bible apps that you could go and get. Seek that first, man. Make that a priority in your life. What God says in his word is not old, outdated. It's alive. It's alive. Mm. His word is sharper than any two-edged sword. It will pierce your marrow of your bone, of your soul. Yeah, God said it, so be it. And then start training in it. All of the examples that we gave today, all of the scriptures that we talked about, seek him first. That's mm. a start. That's everything, but that's how you do it. Yep. So final thoughts. Um, man, I think that's what, that's what I have, man. I feel comfortable with that. What about you, Indiana? <laughs> man, I just appreciate that Matthew six thirty three on the end there. Cause it's that simple. Like we overcomplicate it. It's like seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and I'll take care of you. You know, I, I, yeah. I think it's spot on. Yeah. And I mean, if you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, then guess what? You'll find out what that life after addiction is. You better believe it. Addiction is a production of S2L Recovery. If you have any questions you'd like answered on the podcast, email them to info at springtolife.net. That's info at spring, the number two, life.net. And for more information on addiction recovery, visit s2lrecovery.org. Finding uplifting news in today's headlines is often like searching for a needle in a haystack. At the Story Behind podcast, we believe in the power of finding heartwarming tales and are happy to share empowering stories with you every week. Get inspired by the note a waitress received from a patron dining alone. And even hear about how one VIP passenger made a hardworking pilot get emotional before his flight. To start listening to the Story Behind podcast, visit lifeaudio.com.